0: Have a seat. The reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 to 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only an hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave to you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the Gospel of Christ.
1: Thanks, Grace. Uh, do keep your Bibles open if you uh, have one. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention in the notices is that uh, Jay's on annual leave at the moment, so it would be great to keep him and Jamie uh, and the family in your prayers, and, and particularly pray that they would uh, get some rest. Well, let's uh, let's pray now as we uh, come to God's word. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would uh, turn our eyes upon Jesus at this time. Lord, help us uh, to see your mercy to us through Him. It says, "In in His name we pray." Amen. Well, some years back I remember having a a conversation with a a flatmate and this guy was was doing it tough at the time. Uh, He was one of the hardest working guys I knew, but he just couldn't seem to catch a break. It was like he had faced disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And he'd look at the way other people's lives were going and he'd have this sense of bitterness, this, this feeling of bitterness. He had very little joy He had given so much, but he felt like he was getting nothing in return. And sadly, I I don't think his experience is, is uncommon. In fact, I'm sure that there are people here who have had similar experiences. Times where we struggle to find any joy, where we feel bitterness and disappointment. We look at others and life seems to be easy for them. We ask questions like, why didn't I get the job? Why didn't my marriage work when I invested so much into it? I tried so hard to raise my kids to know God, so why aren't they following him? Why is my family so complicated? Why don't I seem to be getting the breaks that others do? Why isn't God generous to me like he is to others? This morning, uh, we're continuing in Matthew's Gospel in this section where Jesus is teaching his disciples how to follow him in this world. And in a moment, we'll go through the passage briefly to help us get a feel for what Jesus is getting at in these verses. Uh, And then we'll focus on three things that that tend to leave us with some of those questions uh, that I just mentioned before thinking about the one thing that will actually help us to live faithfully as God's people. Well, before we uh, look at the passage, I should say that that these verses are are very much a continuation from uh, last week's passage. They're, They're really closely linked. And last week we heard about a rich young man who wanted to follow Jesus, but wasn't sure if he was willing to let go of all his wealth to do so. And at the end of the passage last week, we heard these words from Peter, one of the 12 disciples. We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? And Peter was asking Jesus about what rewards would await them. And Jesus replies by saying that those who had given up lots for his sake will receive much more for all they've done. A hundred times as much, he says, and they will inherit this gift of eternal life with God. That's the promise that he gives to his disciples and and to all his people. But he also sees through Peter's question because Peter was comparing himself to this rich young man. Peter and the disciples were some of the first to follow Jesus. It's as if he's saying, we did what the rich young man couldn't do. No one has given, us, no one has given up more than us. Surely we're going to be the ones who get the greatest reward. But Jesus realises this and so he says these words, almost to warn Peter. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. And it's, it's become a bit of a, a throwaway line, hasn't it? Uh, the kind of things that Christians say to each other from time to time when the situation fits. You're at the back of a line waiting for something, they'll say it. The first will be last, the last will be first. Uh, last week I was at a sushi shop waiting to be served and this, this guy walks in and he goes straight to the till to order. And I kind of give him the, the sideways look. Hello, I'm, I'm in line here but he's completely oblivious. Uh, and anyway, the, the, lady, the lady who was serving knew that I was first in line, so she pointed it out to the man. So I order, and then he orders, uh, and we end up ordering the same thing. And wouldn't you know it, when she calls out the orders, his food comes first. Uh, now, there was no one else around to say it, so I had to say it to myself. The first will be last, and the last will be first. Uh, but, but these words of Jesus have far more importance. This morning, it's it's these words that frame what Jesus has to say to the disciples. They're in the verse right before our passage. Uh, You'll see it if you have a Bible open. Uh, And they're also in uh, today's uh, passage in verse 16, right at the end of the passage. And to explain what he means by them, Jesus tells a story about a landowner and some vineyard workers. Uh, So let's jump in and, and take a closer look. There's a landowner who, who has a vineyard and he's in need of workers and so he goes online and he lists the job on seek uh, or at least he, he does the equivalent of that. He, he goes to the local marketplace. That's the place that you went if you were looking for work or if you were looking to hire workers. He's there early and he finds some men to come and work at his vineyard and they, they come to an agreement on the cost of this work, one denarius which was a day's wages uh, and he puts them to work. Now, these kind of workers were probably surviving day by day. You turn up, you you hope to get work. If you don't, then you might not eat that day. These are people who don't have full-time employment. So they turn up and they hope for the best. So this is this is good news for them. Now, three hours into the work day, and, and the owner goes back to the marketplace. He finds more people sort of standing around, twiddling their thumbs, and so... He decides to hire them as well, and he agrees to pay them whatever is right. Now, clearly, there's a, a, it's a really good harvest uh, on this vineyard because he ends up going back after six hours and, and after nine hours and even after 11 hours. There's, there's no shortage of work on his vineyard. Now, by the 11th hour, it's, it's very late in the day for these people to be starting work, but he hires them even though they'll only end up working for one hour. And that would seem pretty pointless to a lot of people. The travel time would be would be longer than the could possibly be longer than the work itself, but remember that these people, they need the work. They can't afford to just pick and choose uh, whether they work or not. And so they go and they work, and then evening comes and it's it's time to get paid. and And this is where things start to get interesting. The owner orders that those who who came to work last be paid first. Uh, We'll call them the the one-hour workers. So they've they've turned up later, they've done hardly any work, and they get paid first, meaning that they can also leave first. Happy days. Uh, But it gets even better for these one-hour workers because when they get paid, they get a whole denarius, a day's wage for just one hour's work. Uh, That's a, a great hourly rate. If you're on a denarius an hour, you're definitely up in the higher uh, tax bracket. Uh, I guess guess they can't have it all, though. Now, it comes uh, comes time for the the 12-hour workers to get paid, and they're kind of expecting a little bit more. And who wouldn't expect that? Most of us would be absolutely outraged if a co-worker got paid the same amount as us for doing far less work. But that's exactly what happens. And as soon as they get the money, they start complaining. Are you kidding me? This this has got to be some kind of joke. These guys have done absolutely nothing. We've been working hard all day in the scorching sun, no shelter, and this is all we get. It's it's insulting. It's just not fair. It's outrageous that you would even do such a thing. The sense of recognising an an unfair situation is something that's ingrained in us from a a very young age. We notice any time a sibling or or someone else gets preferential treatment, they got to watch TV for half an hour. I'm older, so I should get longer. Or my chores are are much harder to do than theirs. Why do we get the same amount of pocket money? Uh, And as as we get older, we don't stop noticing. So we can definitely relate to these workers. We all like the idea that we're going to be treated fairly, that we deserve to be treated fairly. Uh, and that's why it really hurts when we feel like we've been treated unfairly in life. And many of us here will have felt that way, that sense of injustice. I'm sure you'll, you'll all have your own examples of that. We'll look at the owner's response in verse 13. Friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius. See, these were the terms that they had both agreed to, and we have moments like that from time to time, don't we? We buy something for 30% off, uh, and we think we've we've got a good deal, and then later we hear someone else got it 50% off, uh, and we feel completely ripped off. We think about you know what what could have been, and we forget that we've actually still got a pretty good deal. Well, the owner continues in verse 14. Take your pay and go. I don't want to. I want to give to the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have a right to do what I want with with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? He's certainly got a point, hasn't he? He hasn't gone back on his word. He hasn't been rude. He's done exactly what he said. And then Jesus finishes again with those words. So the first, so the last will be first. And the first will be last. And as I mentioned earlier, I think Jesus is teaching his disciples to avoid uh, three things in particular uh, as we as we think about God's generosity to His people. And they all start with E. Jay had uh, four H's a few weeks ago. I'm a little bit less confident. Uh, so three E's for the disciples to avoid. The first E to avoid is envy, because that's where the shift takes place in this passage. The workers see how generous the owner has been to these other people and they envy the generosity that, has, that they've been shown. And sadly, envy is one of the biggest sources of discouragement for us as Christians. We look at those around us and it can be hard not to do that because uh, these days we, we share everything. We, we share our lives online and we share the best parts of our lives. And when we only see the the good parts of others' lives, we become envious. We think that that's the norm. We see the ways that God has been generous towards them, and we want that for ourselves. The thing that once satisfied us no longer satisfies us when we see what others have. Now, the second thing we need to avoid uh, also starts with E, elevate. We need to avoid elevating ourselves above others. We're not given uh, a reason why the owner chooses to be extra generous to, to some people, but it doesn't take long for the 12-hour workers to kind of start to elevate themselves. You've made them equal with us who have borne the burden of the hard work uh, in the heat of the day. We've worked 12 hours; they've they've worked one. We deserve more than them, or maybe something else sounds familiar. They've only been a Christian for a short time. I've been faithful for years. Surely God should be more generous to me. Or they don't serve as much as I do. They don't serve as sacrificially as I do. They're just not as godly as me. Surely I just deserve more than them. And we expect that that generosity to come right now. And this leads to the, the third thing that we need to avoid, and that is our expectations. See, envying God's kindness to others and elevating ourselves above them leads to us having the wrong expectations of how God works. Remember, he, he tells us parable in light of Peter's expectations around how the disciples are going to be rewarded for all their sacrifices. At first, the expectation of this passage is, is just one denarius. But add in a bit of envy, elevating yourself uh, above what you're worth, and, and by the end, the expected payment is, is far more. And it's amazing how quickly it changes. I wonder how many Christians end up feeling a sense of bitterness or resentment or frustration at God because of unmet expectations. Because maybe deep down there's some pride in our hearts. Some of us perhaps believe that we're worth more than others. So we expect that God's going to be more generous to us than, than he is to them, or maybe just more generous than he's been. We measure ourselves against others and often our expectation starts to go up. But like Peter, we forget that God isn't bound by worldly expectations. If you're someone who, who finds yourself resenting God, resenting being a Christian because of unmet expectations, if we identify more with these 12 hour workers than, than we do with the one hour workers, well then this is a, a timely passage for us. I think it's interesting that we're not told how the one hour workers reacted when they got their pay. Uh, and I think the reason is that most of us, like the disciples, are, are more in danger of responding like the 12 hour workers. But how would the one hour workers have reacted when they got paid a, a whole denarius? Well surely with gratitude. With gratitude thankfulness at at what they've received. And I think that's the way that we avoid these three things. That's how we avoid envying others, elevating ourselves and expecting the wrong things of God. We avoid them through gratitude, being grateful for the grace that our God has shown us, recognising that anything good we receive is a result uh, of his kindness and his unmerited favour towards us. See, gratitude should have been the response of, of every one of those workers. Because remember, there was, there was no job security for any of them. They were unemployed. Uh, they were all unemployed as of that morning. In uh, a time where many business owners would treat workers poorly, each one was paid at least what they were owed, uh, if not more. Surely gratitude should have been the right response. The first will be last and the last will be first. If we're so focused on, on where we rank among uh, among others, whether we've done more than them and, and what that will get us, then we'll miss seeing the generosity that we've been shown. Uh, in this passage today, it's the generosity of the landowner in giving paid work to so many people. In the Christian life, it's the grace of God that he shows to the world, the love he shows. We know that one day we will be rewarded by him beyond anything that we can imagine. He's promised us that, and he's true to his word. But when it actually comes to but when it comes to God's grace, we're actually a lot more uh, like the one hour worker. We are shown grace far beyond anything we deserve. And we see that grace most clearly in the Lord Jesus. God generously giving His Son for our sins, paying the debt on the cross that we could never pay giving us new life through him. Don't ever lose sight of God's generosity towards you. Don't, don't stop being grateful to God. Now, if you're, you're someone who's not yet embraced God's generosity, that's what's on offer. Trust God, turn to him. The first will be last and the last will be first. Uh, we've been reminded of how quickly people can turn from grace uh, to trying to earn God's generosity. Trying to be First. Uh, There's a quote which I'm going to read to us uh, as we close, which I think helps us at times where we find ourselves turning from God's grace uh, towards our own efforts. It's by Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was a great preacher in the 20th century. Let me read it. It is grace at the beginning, grace at the end, so that when you and I come to lie on our deathbeds, the one thing that should comfort us and help us and strengthen us there is the thing that helped us at the beginning. Not what we have been, not what we have done, but the grace of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. See, the Christian life starts with grace. It must continue with grace. It ends with grace. Grace, wondrous grace. By the grace of God I am what I am. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Uh, I hope and pray that we will all rest in the grace of God as we ask God our difficult questions in life, that even in the hardest of circumstances, we will join together in saying that he has been generous to us beyond what we deserve, beyond measure. May we continue to be grateful for that. Uh, Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your generosity towards us uh, and towards those around us as well. Help us to be grateful uh, and rejoice because of your generosity. Forgive us, Lord, for the times uh, where we seek to be first, where we give in to envy uh, our expectations, where we elevate ourselves above others. Father, help us to instead continue in grace, both now and now, until that final day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.